Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. The girlfriended principle was born out of loss. Patty's mother was murdered, and Lisa lost her mother to cancer. This forged a bond between them that nothing could shake. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, girlfriendit.com, and the movement, girlfriendit, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on toginet.com. Have you ever made a decision that doesn't make sense to those around you? Well, you know, sometimes we make decisions that don't make sense to those closest to us, like our family and friends. Yes, like moving halfway across the world with your kids to join work in another country. Well, and you don't even have to move halfway across the world. Sometimes it's just leaving a prestigious job to work in less than favorable conditions and serving the marginalized. And um, when we were, you know, as we were talking kind of about this and what it looks like to make decisions that that make sense, I immediately thought of a song and it goes way back. It's an old song, but it's like one of my favorites. And I I think I've told you, Patty, that um, this is a song that someday... When I'm gone, um, at my celebration service, I would like sung. So I'm just t- I'm reminding you again. Yeah. This, um, but it, it was, <laughs> I'm reminding you again. But um, the song was Seize the Day by Carolyn um, Ahrens. And I love that phrase so much. Even back then, in fact, when my kids um, would leave for school, I'd go, seize the day. You know, that, you know, it's a little cheesy, but it, but it worked. But there was a, um, a line in that song that said, um, it was talking about people that made decisions that don't make sense and what people would do to seize the day. One of the lines was, um, it's talking about a doctor who left, and it said, left a six-figure job for a mission position. And that always stuck with me, um, you know, people that would do that. They would go, I, you know, I have all this, and I have whether it's a status or a role or, you know, whatever, and I'm willing to give that all up and to follow a calling that God has placed on my heart. Okay, before we get too far into our show, you are listening to Girlfriend at Radio with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan, where we rally you to do the remarkable through resources and relationships. And we're going to have more information about today's show and other tips and tricks on our website at girlfriendit.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Well, our guest today um, is also a ministry partner of ours and um, called Bloom. And Bloom is also under the umbrella of Stadia. Stadia is bringing people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planning. Bloom also provides inspiration, encouragement, and resources for planners, spouses, so they can provide the same to their families, staffs, and churches. Well, joining us right now is Susie Lance, who is a former English teacher and cross-country track coach. She's been married to Jason for 12 years. She loves to equip and empower women, or anyone, to live out their calling in whatever context God has them. Their family has been in a big transition this year. Her husband went from a church plant of five plus years of around 250 people to being a senior visionary pastor at River Tree Christian Church, which has five campuses and around 3,500 plus people. It's been quite a transition, and I cannot wait to hear how God has been orchestrating all that 
and what her her mission-minded um, tips are going to be today. So welcome, Susie. How are you? So much for having me on today. Such a pleasure. Well, I have to um, I have to ask you, River Tree. Um, are you familiar with the River Tree Netflix show? That's I'm on. not. Okay. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> and, um, and you, Lisa's probably like she's smiling here because she's like, you have no idea what you're talking about, Patty. Um, I'm and, and she's going with this. So I'm, I'm smiling and cringing at the same time <laughs> because. Oh um, yeah. I think I think that it's where it's a hospital show and they do like transplants, heart transplants, lung transplants. Oh, wow. And um it's it's fascinating, but who knows? It's probably called Three Rivers or something like that. And um I'm calling it River Tree. <laughs> but uh it it caught my caught my eye. But I have to go back real quick and ask you about the cross country and track coach. Are you still doing that? Because um, I absolutely love to run and I can't even imagine how thrilling it would be to coach others in running. Mm, that's great. I'm actually not um, formally coaching right now, although I love to get a group of women together to run and to uh, get in shape for 5Ks. One of my favorite uh, programs out there is just called Couch to 5K. You can download it. It's an app. And it helps you get in gear um, to run a race. But um, I ran from the time I was in seventh grade and ended up actually coming to Canton, where I live currently. To I got a scholarship to run for one of our local universities. And right out of um, college, I uh, took a teaching job, and they needed, they just so happened to need a cross-country coach. And it was my joy and privilege to, uh, to work in that uh, for years. And I just love... Um, at the time, it was working with mostly kids. Um, we'd start out with kids in middle school and on up to high school. Just to, to help a, a kid realize, hey, they could do it. They could run a mile. They could run two. They could run ten and, and continue to build up. It was a real sense of accomplishment um, for them. And just to get to celebrate and share that was so special. But I, unfortunately, was also our ski club advisor when I was uh, teaching, <laughs> and my students convinced me downhill skiing was lame and I should snowboard, and that particular year, I ended up rupturing two discs <laughs> oh. <laughs> thanks to the peer pressure. I had uh, back surgery, and so my, my running career uh, was a bit diminished, so now I just recreationally run and, you know, try to inspire people to do it, because it's... It's a great way to keep healthy and enjoy, you know, beautiful weather and the trails that we are fortunate. We have a great trail system around where we live. And um, so, but no, I don't currently coach. <laughs> we we are running twins. And I have to tell you, since we're talking about just being mission-minded, I agree. Mm -hmm. It's like find out what you love to do. And even with that, helping other women, um, that sometimes we get so caught up in being mission-minded or, um, you know, looking at everything that's kingdom-minded and we think we have mm -hmm. to go to Africa when it truly mm -hmm. is doing exactly what you love to do and encourage those around you and, 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 you know, just having those relationships, but two things. And I know I, I don't want to spend, um, time talking about it. And maybe if we have time, Lisa, I have to share more at the end of the, the show um, regarding, did you see City of McFarlane, the movie? With I Kevin have Plossner? not yet, but okay. I heard it is amazing. My brother, who also runs, went to see it. He said, you need to go uh, sooner than later. I heard oh. it is just phenomenal. 
Yes. You are going to love that. Cause it, talk about just mission minded. Um, and Kevin Costner obviously does a really good job. Uh, it, it's definitely a, a great movie. Just, ah, you got to see it. But, um, <laughs> I, have to, I have to tell you, we're, we're running twins because I also had two discs and had to do back surgery and it's ch- changed my whole running, but wow. that's a whole different, whole different mm-hmm. program as to, um, why we have to deal with that kind of stuff here on earth. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, sure. tell us, tell us what's been going on this year in this huge transition Ooh. with your hubby, um, well, my, being sent to another uh-huh. church. Yes, my husband's start date was April 1st, which still cracks us up because leading up to it last year, we were thinking, is this some all huge, elaborate April Fool's Day joke? But it is a special date, and we are just amazed that we've survived the year. I mean, it is, you know, anyone that goes through a, a great change, um, it's happy when you get to that year mark and you realize we're still living, we're still breathing, our marriage is intact, our kids are happy for the most part, um, but just it has been a whirlwind. I feel like it, it was one of the fastest years of my life, um, but God has been faithful. Uh, my The thing that I just keep looking at, even as I backtrack and look at some of the relationships and pivotal people God is very, he's been very kind to me this year in providing what I didn't even know I needed um, to weather this transition. Um, and it, it just is, it's amazing to see. I mean, it was definitely a huge leap. It wasn't something we were looking for. Um, you know, as you mentioned, we, my husband and I planted a church in an urban area. Um, we started out in about 2007, 2008, scoping out the land and, and seeing that that, you know, that particular area needed a church and we were the right fit at the time. We just came to really love where we were. I felt like we were thriving. Um, we were about five years in. And, you know, if you know anything about church planting around year three, you start really turning a corner and you know who's with you and who you can really build with um, for the long haul. And year four and five are just... Um, for the most part, and I, I don't want to overgeneralize because everybody has their own story, um, but they're just great times of really being on mission and building together. And, and we had no no intention of ever, you know, moving on from there, at least for a long time. And yet um, it became very clear to us, um, you know, when he was asked to apply for this position, um, that it was something we needed to at least pursue a bit to see if it was God's leading and Sure enough, um, it was affirmed and confirmed uh, so many times, and so we walked in into that huge change. Um, and it, you know, there's things I'd do differently, but there's also things I'm glad God gave me some wisdom um, to go forward um, in a way that we did. So, well, and that's going to be hard because, like you said, you birthed this church, and mm-hmm. you saw some growing pains and you know, like you said it's it, you know in the first couple of years you're you're weeding out and you get to the third year like you said and and you see who's really with you for the long haul and then you can build on relationships from there and and it takes time to to earn that trust and to go okay we're in this and to learn each other to learn you know our, our quirks our strengths our weaknesses and go okay 
we can really complete each other as we move forward here. And um, only can imagine how hard that would be to go, okay, um, we're sensing God <laughs> calling us in a different direction. And as the wife and as the mom and as just as a girlfriend with friends, having to kind of leave that to try something else, even though you're feeling God calling you and pulling you that direction, is still a really difficult decision. And that's kind of what we're talking about today is, you know, being mission-minded and being mission-minded. Sometimes you have to make decisions. Other people scratch their heads and look at you and go, why would you do that? And sometimes we even scratch our heads and go, why am I even contemplating this and thinking about this? And then God opens Mm -hmm. up doors of adventure and amazing opportunities. Well, we're going to take a quick break. And we're going to come back and continue talking with you, Susie, and just understanding this whole mission-minded. We'll be right back. Okay. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. This is the Tokinet Radio Network, radio with a cutting edge. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 central on Tokinet.com. Marla believes that with the right mindset, anything is possible. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka inspires you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the million-dollar mindset. Marla will inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power. Tune into the million-dollar mindset for heartwarming stories with Marla Tabaka. Learn tips and tricks to building a successful business and unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. For more information on the Million Dollar Mindset, go to our website, MarlaTabaka.com. That's M-A-R-L-A-T-A-B-A-K-A.com. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Monday afternoons at 2, 1 p.m. Central on Togginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to our show with our guest, Susie Lance from the Ministry of Bloom. And we were just discussing how Susie currently, um, she had this huge transition this year and, um, just how her and her husband are having to go through that that uh, transition where she left a church plant of five plus years of around 250 people 
to being the senior visionary pastor at River Tree Christian Church, which has five campuses, which that alone is such a culture <laughs> shock to have to go from um, one campus to five campuses of over 3,500 people and uh, that transition. And <clears throat> I just have to ask you, Susie, and, and as you were talking about this, we, we started out the show just talking about when we do things that, you know, many times God's calling us to do something, but it doesn't make sense to the world. How did your, um, your church that you uh, had left, how did they accept that? Because many mm-hmm. times, I mean, I've seen people be wounded because their, their mm-hmm. pastor, their pastor's wife, you know, it's like, okay, wait, you're, you're abandoning us. You're, you're leaving us. Sure. How, how did that go over? And I, I'm sure a lot of that you can't even talk about, but we can all learn from some of how, how do you make that transition? Sure. Well, what, that was one of the big discerning steps. We had a few things. Um, we've always solicited wise mentors to walk through things with us, pray for us, to give us um, godly wisdom. Um, but we also, as we looked at this, because it was such, such an abrupt opportunity that came at a time where we thought, this is, this is not this cannot be the right timing. We're just really, you know, getting into our groove here. Um, we really wanted to make sure that uh, the church we were leading was in a healthy place to allow us to go, and that, in fact, they were going to be stronger because of the person that would come in next to lead. And if that was not going to be the case, we we, we both felt like we had nothing to lose um, by staying. We really were experiencing God and... Um, you know, we had uh, developed the church to be a very mission-minded um, place. Our, our heart and our, our goal and the reason we started this church in the urban context was that we knew um, we wanted people to reach outside the walls of the church. We didn't want them to come and just, you know, find this place where they could connect and find friendships and grow themselves, but we wanted them to reach the city um, that we felt God had called us to. And so we built our whole culture around the fact that it's it's not about us. And my husband, I have to give him mostly the credit for leading us in that direction. He never wanted to build a church that was completely centered around him. And, you know, and and it's one thing to say it. And at the same time, you know, to really put in practices that, that make that reality um, was the harder part because people like to gravitate to a flesh and blood person instead of just following God or following Jesus. Um, And at the same time, our purpose was really to support and equip people who felt called to um, particular neighborhoods in the city, who felt called to support a nonprofit, um, maybe working with kids or the homeless of the city. And so we felt, and for those five years, really poured into those leaders and those um, church members who really were willing to pour out into others. And I'll never forget the day when we announced to the church, we had a core team of about 45 people um, who were really in the thick of things with us at that point and, and leading. And as we were making plans to how are we going to publicly announce this to everyone, um, one of the men said, you know what, we are all standing up there with you. You're not yeah. going to stand up there alone and tell the congregation that you're, God's calling you to move on. We're standing there with you because we sense this. We sense this, and we are all going to publicly affirm <laughs> that yeah. this is God's next step for you as a couple. And so when he, um, you know, we, we shared 
what God was had been doing publicly with the church. It was December 8, 2013. I'll never forget that date. <laughs> Shaking in my boots. Um, but the response and the grace uh, that was offered to us and the support to go forward, um, it was amazing. And, and I'll never forget um, what one of the, the men said as they were just sharing with the congregation how we had all come to this conclusion that this was our next step. He said, you've built this church um, to be a place for us to really hear from God about what our, our purpose is and who he's called each of us to, whether it's our next-door neighbor, whether it's a friend at school, whether it's, you know, the homeless population in Canton. You have supported and equipped us, and you've sent us to them. Mm-hmm. And then he went over to, our, um, to the doors of our sanctuary, opened the door, and he says, and now as a church, we're sending you. And we are with you, and we're supporting you. We're going to pray with you and pray for you. And I just, uh, of course, I was an emotional wreck just yeah. to experience that kind of grace and love and support. Um, and it really, all that, the hard work in those previous five years to really invest in people and to help them follow Jesus, not just follow us, it was like it all was worth it. All of those, you know, because the church planning's not always... <laughs> You know, bells and whistles and roses, it's, it's tough. And there are days where you wonder if it's all worth it. And we don't always get that privilege of seeing, yes, it's worth it. <laughs> but yeah. in that day, I saw it. I saw people who weren't just following Jason and I, but people who really were listening to God. And because of that freedom, genuinely, I mean, there were people who wanted, you know, they needed questions answered. And they, they loved us as people. And so, of course, we're going to miss us and vice versa. Um but I can honestly say there really weren't any, and it shocked me. I was ready for it. Emo- emotionally, I thought we were going to get hate mail and people just storming mm. out or, you know, and th- that really never happened. And um, it was it was amazing. And all I can say is it was God. It was genuinely um, his plan because even the pastor who's come in to follow us, he's he has taken what we built and he's brought new life to it. And it's, it's just been incredible to see that. Now transitions don't always work that smoothly, but I am so thankful. Like I said, God is so kind. (laughs) He has been kind to me this year in that. And it's, it's been a real blessing. So that, you know, and that is just, that's like the best case scenario you just, you know, described (laughs) as far as, and, but you know what, it's possible. And it's it's so many, as you were talking, there were so many thoughts in here, because like you said, your husband was intentional um, on not allowing the church to be built around him or his personality that, Mm -hmm. you know, really you're seeing a bigger picture thing. It is God's church. It's not an individual's church. And when you have that mission mindset going, we don't exist Mm -hmm. just for us. Um, mm-hmm. it is for, it is for the kingdom. It is for our community. It is for, you know, beyond that. And then creating a culture of health. And it sounded mm-hmm. from what you described, very healthy. It's like when you said your leaders came up to you and said, we're going to stand with you and we're going to, we're, we're with you in this. And it's not just you leaving. We're giving you our blessing. Um, mm-hmm. we're letting the people know we are in this. We, we agree with this. We see this though. We grieve. You know, so all those mm-hmm. things are so healthy that, that you described. And, and it's being able to, uh, to guide people to see beyond and, mm-hmm. and go, okay, but here's the next step. And, and you know, and, and as hard as it is, we, we all can be replaced, you know, and we all mm-hmm. bring our strengths to a table. And, and it's, it's for such a time as this, we just studied Esther in, in, uh, 
in, in the service. It's like for such a time as this, and it's like, you know, you guys were there to, to, to create and to birth. And then it's time sometimes to pass You sense God saying, okay, pass it on to somebody that's going to take the next leg of the race. And I need you guys in this race over here. And so you get, you know, you, you, God moves you. And, and when, when we're in that mindset of going, okay, God, whatever you want, mission mind, and then we allow him to kind of move and orchestrate and, um, and we're okay with it. And you use the word freedom, which mm-hmm. uh, is so significant because there is freedom when you do that. And um, so anyway, okay, good stuff that you just talked about and just <laughs> transitioning and change because that's always so hard and leaving people behind and, and seeing needs. So you come to a new place. And you've got to be a little overwhelmed. Um, it's first of yeah, all, you know, yeah. you got five campuses. It's overwhelming. Uh, I'm sure you see needs all around. How is it? You know, it's a lot of times we see needs and we're like, okay, I should do that. I should do that. I should do that. Especially when you're starting new, it's like it's so easy to go. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get involved here. I'm going to get involved there. And how do right. you find that margin? How do you create right. space to go? I'm going to do. You know, everything might be good, but is it the best? So talk about right. that and how you kind of decide and making decisions that are the best. Well, sure. And um, one of the things uh, that was difficult to leave in the transition for me personally, um, you know, I'm, like I said, a former English teacher coach. I uh, wasn't ever planning to work in a church. And yet when my husband and I planted about year three was when I actually took on a, a pretty larger role um, at the church with um, some of the equipping and supporting uh, some of our mission stuff. And so I was really thriving in that particular context um, and loving what I was getting to do and growing and being stretched. Um, And so for me personally, I knew, wow, I can't continue to work at this church while my husband is pastoring another church. It just wouldn't be wise in the long run. Um, And so I gradually shifted out through the transition um, over the summer, and uh, God had already raised up an apprentice under me. Um, but I found myself in this fall, and thankfully, God God has to be pretty black and white with me sometimes um, and stop me in my tracks when I really need to slow down because it's not my nature. I want to do things and see things and help people. Um, but last year, I think it was May or June, someone uh, suggested I read, I read The Contrarian's Guide to Leadership. Um, it's written by Stephen Sample. Just a great, uh, it's not even a, a Christ, like a Christian genre necessarily. It's just a great leadership book. He's been uh, the president of several larger universities, and he uh, takes a look at his leadership and says, there's all those leadership books out there, but I look at things a little bit different. And I don't even remember what half the book said, but the one thing that jumped off the page and screamed at me, um, which I filed away and then implemented, was whenever you start somewhere new, he's like, whenever I've taken a new position at a university or if you're about to start something new, you need to spend the first couple months observing and reflecting before you would, um, you know, make any big changes or any transitions. And for me, that kind of uh, equaled before I jump into anything new because I, I hadn't been hired on. So I didn't have any expectations or roles that were set for me. Um, the elders made that clear. They weren't, you know, hiring us a two for one deal <laughs> that I had uh, gonna, complete see, choice. We're take a break right now. Yeah. We're gonna sure, sure. Go ahead. Right.
This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. Join us for Healing with the Marika Method. This is an amazingly informative show to help heal people as well as their horses, dogs, and cats. This show inspires and empowers people to take charge of their own health and their animals' health using the power of diet, nutrition, natural medicines, and lifestyle to heal a variety of health problems. Learn how food impacts all physical and emotional health conditions and how diet and natural medicines are used to heal the body, mind, and spirit. Marika is a health and nutrition specialist, homeopathic practitioner, a gifted medical intuitive and healer, and an author and educator with over two decades of experience in clinical practice for people and their pets. Join our host, Marika Vandewater, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on the Rockstar Radio Network. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back to our show with our guest, Susie Lance from the Ministry of Bloom, where she is also a ministry huddle leader coach. And Susie, two things. First of all, um, when I went through my whole Netflix thing, it wasn't River Tree. It was Three River. And Three River, okay. Three River, it was brought to my attention. And um, we, we rudely interrupted you right when you were talking about this, um, the, the, the one concept that you got out of this book. Um, when oh, yeah. When you do something new, you need to stop and reflect. So go ahead. I, I'm interested to, to hear what yeah. that whole concept was. Well, it was just great advice. And um, you said just observe what's happening who are the people that you're meeting and what did they have to say? Ask good questions. And it was with that mindset um, that I kind of entered my new position at River Tree. And um, I, I really gave myself space. I said from fall, you know, starting in September all the way through January, you know, I was not going to agree to do anything officially or formally that would, that would contract me in for, you know, X amount of years. I just, I just wanted to see what was happening and where God had me. And so it was, it was a great time. I felt like um, I was stabilizing my family. I had a lot more time um, to focus in on my kids and my husband. And at the same time, very organically, got to know a lot of the people in the church. And um, just through asking questions and what I felt God was saying to me um, allowed me to see see where I could fit best and how I could help. And one of the first things was just rallying all the pastor's wives together. 
Um, and so, you know, I got them all together for just a fun night out um, and realized that in our busy schedules and, you know, we have five campuses. And so from the pastors to the associates and the worship leaders, there's almost 16 pastor's wives right in this little context. And um, so we've begun having little supper clubs where five or six of us will go out together and then quarterly, you know, we get together. And I felt like, well, that's such an easy thing. It's life-giving to me. Um, it's lightweight, and yet it was a need. And so just seeing um, simple things like that come into to being, and, and God's given me a few other things in this new year that I've gotten to do with um, some of the women's ministries and our our GO communities, which are kind of mission-minded groups that are serving in different contexts, uh, neighborhoods, and networks. So it's been a, a really neat time, um, but I'm, I'm very thankful that I had that season of just slowing down, not jumping in as soon as I saw a need, and really assessing what really is the need, where is my heart and my giftedness kind of lining up with that, and then then kind of being slow to to jump in. So that's kind of how I did it. That's a great tip. And it's funny because this morning, Lisa and I were reflecting on, you know, how our week went because I'm in the middle of spring break. And she was just saying she had, let me just tell you what Lisa was saying. <laughs> I want to mm-hmm. hear about my life this week. Do you? Okay. I'll <laughs> tell you. Um, just exactly what you're saying that, that simplify. And she actually took time. And this, this is huge for Lisa to take time and go outside of Barnes and Noble and be by herself and, and sit there. And I was laughing because I had done the same where I, I went out in front of the waterfall and I forced myself to not just have my quiet time be the checklist, you know, where you just truly, and, and I don't want to sound so like, you know, where you have to spiritualize, you know, and, and get into that legalistic, like you, you do have to have these moments. But for me personally, I don't simplify and I really struggle with um, truly making that that space for God in a relaxed way. I, I'm, I'm right. wanting to get, I'm, I, okay. I'm burying myself here. Cause it sounds like I'm just trying to move through my time with God, but you know what I mean? Where you really can yeah. just sit there and breathe him in. And, um, sometimes for me, it becomes a scheduled appointment that, mm-hmm. um, which is good when you, you know, the spiritual discipline of, uh, you don't want to postpone God or have to reschedule him, but just truly guarding that time and breathing him in. And it was, it was just a really cool experience. And I, I, I keep saying that, um, I'm going to do that more, but then my mind just starts rambling as it is right now. And Lisa's looking at me saying, digging deep as I go further on, but Yes, I love that tip of just mm-hmm. having that that moment um, or mm-hmm. season where you had to go slower because it is yeah. so important and significant, <laughs> and uh, and remembering you know God is available anytime. We don't have to schedule that time with them or or um, uh, you know force 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 those moments. But it's easy to feel guilty and beat yourself up. For with that. Um, I love also that you're just meeting with the other, um, pastor's wives. And I, I, like you said, I think that there is such a need for that because you can mm-hmm. really connect. And Lisa, you have been doing that for, um, quite a few years and you have one coming up next weekend. Don't you? I do. 
I do. We are, we try to get uh, all our wives together and, um, and you know, the challenge is cause you have multi-generations. So you have, you know, moms like you with young kids and then you have those that are empty nesters. And, um, so, you know, finding the balance and like, we're just going to do one next, um, Saturday morning and we're just meeting at, we have a place here. It's like a farm and it, you can sit outside and patios. We're just going to order breakfast and sit outside together and just have kind of time loosely, not planned and just have some girlfriend time. And, it's amazing the response we're getting. People are like, I'm all over it. I can't wait to come and just get out. And, you know, husbands can watch the kids on a Saturday morning usually. And right. so anyway, it is, it is, you have to be intentional with creating. And, you know, you're talking about, you know, just creating space in your life. That's one of the things I'm learning. If you really want to be mission-minded and um, being able to hear from God and see what he sees, you have to create that space, which is so hard for us especially with women with their busy schedules and um, our checklists and to-dos and things screaming for our attention, you know, kids and, um, you know, ministries and whatever. It's hard to create that space. But when we do and we slow down, it's like you can hear things that you can't normally hear in a very noise-infested, you know, world and culture that we allow to happen around us. Right. So, okay, so, Susie, I want to ask you, we – you know, we just have a few minutes. Thank you for joining our show. And we just so appreciate the ministry of Bloom, again, which is, you know, a part of a church planning organization, Stadia. And I know with Bloom, you guys have an amazing network uh, for um, church planning wives, just such a support. And you guys are just like best friends. I mean, you guys, um, mm-hmm. you, you share leadership, you know, tips together. You get together. You have retreats. Um, you're in each other's lives. You do a lot of laughing. Um, you have Debbie Jones who, you know, how can you not mm-hmm. laugh with her? Um, exactly. And she sets such a great stage. And so there's a lot of laughter. There's a lot of significance in what you guys do. And um, it, it's so significant to have that, to have that support as you enter new times in life and new ministries to go, okay, I still have this net of girlfriends that surrounds me and um, is there with me. But thinking of mission-minded, what when you hear that term, what is that what does that look like to you? What is that, how do you interpret that? How do you define just being mission-minded? And how would you encourage um, you know, our listeners to be mission-minded? Well, I think it's it sounds awesome. You know, who wouldn't want to be mission-minded? God calls us uh, to go and make disciples and go into all the world. And, and yet, when we're breaking it down, gosh, life is busy, as you mentioned. We, as moms in particular and women in general, um, just have so many things on our plate. I'm in the middle of, we have an open house on Sunday because that's part of our transition. Um, and it's crazy. I mean, it could literally take all day just to get my house in shape. Um, but so with that awareness that we only have 24 hours a day, we only have seven days a week, um, and so much of that, you know, we do need to invest in our families, in our jobs, in, in those particular things. Um, and so when I think of the word mission-minded and what God's shown us over the years, um, it really is, it's not developing a whole new path, a new avenue to go find a serving opportunity. It's actually allowing God to transform your sight right where you are and give you know, us his perspective with the people that we see every day who are right next door to us in our neighborhood to sit down the hall in our cubicles who are in our classrooms or at the church we're attending. Um, it's looking at the places where we are, you know, the neighborhood, I think, where we, that's how it started for us. I mean, we realized um, 
when God called us to, to plant our church, we were living in an urban neighborhood, and we didn't really know our neighbors. When was the last time we invited the people for houses down over just to have dinner and to get to know them and to see what God was up to in their lives, if they knew God or not? <laughs> and that shift in our perspective, it was just beginning to realize that God had us on mission right where we were, and he put the people in our lives and the, put us, he put us in the place that we were for the majority of our days um, because he had something he wanted us to do. And when we began to live like that, so many opportunities just flung open, and it was so neat. Um, And I think that's the place we start. Um, When we as parents begin to live like that, our children see it. And as we talk with them and include them and then begin to ask them, who are the people God's put in your life? You know, who are your friends at school that need some encouragement or need a little extra patience? Or maybe there's a family that as a family, we could help and bless um, with some extra grocery money this month or different things like that. It's tiny little shifts that genuinely don't add all this extra time constraints into our life that make us stressed out. Um, but it's just being aware of the opportunities we already have right in front of us and, and going for it. So that's kind of when I think of mission-minded and what God's taught me it takes the pressure off trying to think, oh, I need to go travel to Ecuador next week, or um, (laughs) I need to go down and serve soup at the homeless shelter. Although that is a great way, you know, to begin to do that. Um, There's nothing wrong. We have many nonprofits that we love and serve with. And at the same time, if our hearts don't shift to where we see our lives on mission, you know, really at any place, then we really, it's not going to profit us that much to go and serve the homeless. At least that's been my experience. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, and you know what? That is such a great point. And you said it was profound. Your explanation was profound. And it's seeing the little things and asking God to give us new eyes to see and to really transform our hearts and our minds. And like you said, we don't have to go across the world. We don't have to go join the next cause. It's just who is around us that God has placed in our path, whether it's our, our next door neighbors, whether it's the girl in the checkout line. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's, you know, somebody at school or in the cubicle. And, you know, what a great challenge, again, to all live mission-minded, opening our hearts to God and letting him do the tiny little shifts. Thanks for joining our show today. We encourage you to live mission-minded and live intentionally. Thanks for joining our show. Thank you. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia brings people and churches together to transform lives and communities through church planting. For more information, go to stadia.cc. 
reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming. This is Toginet Radio. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show, on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Well, welcome back to the show. We were talking today about, have you ever made a decision that doesn't make sense to those around you? And Lisa, you were mentioning, um, as you are mission-minded, sometimes there's a point where you have to pass the baton for the next leg of the race. And we start, we started out earlier with Susie seeing, you know, just getting together with a bunch of women and encouraging them to run, etc. And uh, I was talking about the new movie Kevin Costner was in, The City of McFarland. And I would highly suggest running, literally, to go um, watch this movie. But I thought it was so interesting as I we, we went as a family um, to go see this movie, and they at there's no point, and of course this is you know so Hollywood, that they um, convey that perhaps that this coach would be a Christian. I mean, they don't even like suggest oh they're going to church or or any of that in this true story. Um, but I, I don't want to give the movie away, but I will say it was just interesting because I did the research after, which I know that surprises of you. Of course you did. Of course you did. <laughs> um, just to find out a little bit more about this, this coach and, um, Hollywood kind of conveys that he, this is his last results of, of going in for a teaching position, a coaching position. Like he's done all this other stuff and somehow, has been terminated from these other schools. And so now he has to go and become a coach to this place where no one would ever choose to go and live in this town and coach to the, you know, these kids. But instead he and his wife and his kids are like, yes, we're here. Um, and then in reality, when you do the research, he went to from Pepperdine University, which obviously a very prestigious university, and chose to um, go and coach at this middle school and then eventually into the high school, which I would love to have the real coach on the show to find out his story because as I was researching in, and some of these kids that are in the um, movie, they were interviewed. And they said, even though the wife doesn't play a very large part in the movie, um, she 
had an open home and um, they would eat there. They helped clothe them. They would buy their shoes. And immediately you go, okay, these guys are believers. Um, and I, and I noticed too, in my little, you know, research time that the three daughters all went to Lubbock Christian university. So you go, okay, um, this was, he was called to do this. And I bet you those around him said, why would you go to this, you know, town that basically it's, it's a prison town and choose to go from Pepperdine university where you could probably pick, he was an amazing coach. He could have picked, you know, not only, you know, middle, middle school, high school, but universities, um, to go coach at. And, you know, I know I'm being stereotypical with saying like a guy, you know, that could pick any university and, um, that, that he did though, he chose this school. This is where God called him. And the impact that he made on these kids was amazing. And the legacy of, of these kids who, you know, had come from families that had eighth and ninth grade educations, um, that they all went on to college. And Mm -hmm. so to see it's that starfish story, you know, how can you make a difference to all these kids well, I can make a difference to this child. And uh, you have to see the movie, but he ends up um, where it's amazing how many trophies and how many times that they took state in the time that this guy was here coaching at these schools. So are you ready to go see it? I am ready. I, I want to tell you, you um, it sounds like you're rating this a five pipe, five popcorn bag out of five popcorn bag. Is I would say. Yes, and, and a cherry on top of the, the popcorn. Now, I, I've hyped it up. You know when people hype it up, you're going to go and you're going to go, yeah. So it's one of those that um, it, it wasn't like you're sitting on the edge of your seat. It's just a nice storyline, and you can read between the lines to go, okay, this was so much bigger than, oh, this guy had nowhere else to go, so he ended up coaching here, you know? I so I love going to movies where you walk out and you feel inspired and you feel like, okay, I want to do something that will outlive me. I want to do something on a grand scale like that. And then, you know, you leave the theater like that and then the realities of life happen. And, you know, we hear these stories like that and it's like, I, I am, you, you have made me want to go see the movie. Um, so that, that was a very good um, critique or whatever, whatever that review or whatever. So you did a good job with that. And the thing um, is, when you're when you're watching a movie like that, like you said, you get inspired, and um, I, I get inspired a lot, as you know. And I want to do everything, and then you realize, oh, you have to maintain it. Like you can't. For for example, um, you know, Susie made the comment about going and, and feeding the homeless, and I know you know our family's going to go tonight, and um, that is when I get done feeding the homeless, I am always just inspired and God just melts my heart. But I have to tell you, I don't always go in with the best attitude. And so when you see the longevity of when people are called and they, you know, just like this, this guy, this true life story of him being a coach all these years, and you see the difference in the culture of, do I really want to raise my kids here? And that's where I, I realize. For, for me, my truly, as much as I want to say, I, God, you, here's my passports. I will go anywhere and wherever I know that you calling me to, to work, you know, for your purpose, I'm in. But then in the reality of that, 
I, I do have a, a tendency to go, ooh, but I don't know if I could go there because I wouldn't want my child to be surrounded with, you know, those people or, you know, you, you just have a tendency to, to the reality of it when you think of being ministry minded. And the sacrifice. Am I willing to make the sacrifices needed to really make an impact? And that's where so many times we get tripped up because it's like, well, I don't want to have to live like that. I don't want to have to give up this. I don't want to have to give up that. But I want the end result of living an inspired life. And it's like you can't, it's, you know, they go together, sacrifice and living, you know, in a way that inspires and impacts. And so it's always a good reminder and a good challenge to see what other people are doing and and to see that people are, you know, are willing in it. And, you know, you have to look at yourself and go, what am I willing to sacrifice? What am I willing to do to step out of my own comfort zone um, to truly be mission-minded? And, like, I like what Susie said when she said, sometimes it's just the little shifts of your heart um, where God just starts shifting. But I know a lot of times we don't even um, allow our hearts to be shifted even a little bit because we're so busy. We're so caught up in our own little environment and our own little world. And we're not seeing what's beyond that. And I think that's the challenge for us all to go, okay, what am I not seeing that's right around me? You know, is, 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 does my next door neighbor need something that I don't see? Is there somebody that I bump into in a, in a line in the store and maybe they need just a smile because it's as simple as just, you know, having a, a pleasant look on your face sometimes that um, can make all the difference to somebody. And so it's just like, I think being aware um, of our surroundings, being aware of ourselves and being aware of the people, um, it, it, that's where it starts so many well, Yeah. And like you said, being aware of, of ourselves and the people around, I just heard this message the other day and it, it, it made me laugh that. Even in our sin, we're narcissistic. Um, just talking about, you know, when, when people are out having a, an affair or, 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 you know, just we're more concerned about, oh, shoot, God, like what? You're not going to bless me. I did this, you know, wrong thing here. And we get into the rules of it. And even that, we're not asking God, okay, help this other person that I've offended in having the affair with, we're so consumed and narcissistic that even then we're only praying about our guilt. And I'd never heard that before. And I thought, okay, um, now I'm not out having an affair, just putting that out there. Thank you for but, clarifying that. <laughs> but it, it's just funny, even in our sin, we're narcissistic. And I thought that is so true. Like, you know, if you're cutting somebody off, it, you know, when you're driving down the road, it, it Obviously, you're not loving others in this moment of cutting them off. But, but it feels good, i got to tell you. <laughs> but it's like, okay, how did I make that other person feel? And it's like, okay, God, help me with my attitude and please help that person that what they're going through right now, that they're so angry at me, you know, help their heart. And I, I just thought that was an interesting concept. We get so caught up in the rules um, rather than in the grace of truly why Jesus came and died on the cross um, for the ultimate purpose of loving him and, and loving others. But um, it's that shift, like you said. Yeah. And, you know, it's so easy. It's, um, you know, you, you just look around you and it can be really depressing and kind of dark and you see all the issues. And I know like even in our own community yesterday, there was um, a shooter on the loose and you know it's kind of a big deal he he killed um someone and you know and, and had 
and wounded others. And so there was this news alert here. And, you know, this isn't it. We're in, we're in the Phoenix area, you know, it's, and, and it's like, okay, things are just happening constantly around us. And you just go, okay, what is my response? And just being aware and, but not um, living with despair, but, you know, truly going, okay, there is hope. There are still good people. And there's still things that we can each do to make um, our little corners of the world better and, and not just give in and, um, and give up. But truly, you know, truly fight for what is right and fight for and use our voice out there. It's hard sometimes. It's it's funny that you mentioned that because I was I took Paris to a nice fancy lunch yesterday, you know, with the white linen. And um, we're, we're sitting there and the waiter came up and said, hey, I just want you to know, like right in the middle of this, you know, supposedly <laughs> nice lunch. Um, be careful. Lunch, it sounds like. Pardon? And an enchanted lunch, because I know you've been doing all things Cinderella this yes, week. I have. And so that was exactly, it was our enchanted lunch. And the waiter came up and said, um, just be really careful because there's a shooter out there and he's already killed quite a few people. And it was, it was the approach. Uh, it was one of those things, like you said, this is not part of my Cinderella week. Okay. I'm just saying I didn't need the news flash. <laughs> yes. <laughs> timing but but it it is the reality and that you know that is life though in the midst of our um you know living our life and in our you know we can get in our little bubble there are the realities of life that sometimes pierce that bubble and and bring you back to awareness and so um you know we it's just been you know what a good show and talking with Susie and just you know helping us all to be more aware of what's around us and those places where God is working and the people he's putting in our path and to truly have that mission mindset and even just to pass it on to our kids and bring our families involved with that and just see what God can do so we encourage you have a great day and live mission-minded Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.